0: Let me hear you. Come on, y'all. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You got to kind of work some of that turkey off, man. I am so thankful that you were here. Welcome back. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We did. And I can tell you that at the top of my thankful list, as we wrap up this Thanksgiving series, you are at the top of the list. And you go, Justin, come on, you're just patronizing me. No, I'm telling you, you have done an amazing job over this past month of making a huge difference in this community and around the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Go ahead and give yourselves a round of applause. Let yourself know. See, y'all don't believe it. I can hear by that clap. You're like, I don't know if we really made that big of a difference. You have. You have sponsored tons of kids. I pulled some of the pictures up just so you can see them. Days and moments like these are really what we push for, what we hope for, what we dream of happening because people around the world, they experience a new belief in that, Really, God cares about them and people care about them. So, when you sponsor these kids and you teach your kids to do the same thing, it's just an awesome moment. We're very thankful for that. And then we also packed 80,000 meals. Come on, give yourself a little love right there. Huge turnout couple of hours of doing all that but i got one special picture this is britney Brittany, i told you i'd put you on the big screen honey she was all worried about it i didn't see myself on the screen well people like Brittany and your families you made it happen and we're just so thankful you gave above and beyond we were helped juarez mexico able to help them as well and honduras and fed the rescue mission uh at thanksgiving all of that because you gave and you came and you volunteered just so thankful and then eighty thousand meals going to africa so just cannot thank you enough for that And then Operation Christmas Child, you did that as well. I took a couple of pictures of people walking in, dropping off their boxes last week, knocked it out of the park. I just cannot thank you enough for caring Because all of these things are just one way that we love to show our love. It's by you giving a little bit of your time, a little bit of your resources, and it really does make an eternal impact. A long time uh, making a difference in this community and around the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. But probably the most impressive thing is the 118-mile walk that got completed. Go ahead and give them some love right now. I mean, we complain walking from the parking garage to here These people walked 118 miles to raise money for water wells. And I just did not believe it would happen, especially Keith Sally. I never believed in my wildest dreams that this guy would walk 118 miles. And he did. He knocked it out of the park. So I want to take you back to just a real quick moment of... The beginning of the journey is early in the morning, about 5 o'clock in the morning, they started walking and they were ready to go. Here's a little sneak peek into what that looks like that early in the morning as they began the walk. Watch. You ready? One, two,
1: three. Walk, ready.
0: can it happen and this is why this is so important ecclesiastes 4 9 says it like this when two people work together they get more work done and i am telling you that has been the case over this past month is all of this team walking 118 miles you coming together to feed people operation christmas so many different things and if we're going to try to solve big problems guess what we need big teams so that's why i am putting you at the top of my thankful list Because we cannot do it without you. Galatians 6 says it like this. When you have the opportunity, and I gave you a lot of opportunities this past month. And I got one more today. Actually a few more in even this message. But all of these opportunities, we should do good to anyone. We should seize that moment. Seize the opportunity. And I just can't thank you enough for doing it. Uh, it feels good when it, it actually happens, too, because we're not really sure if you hear us or if it makes a difference. But I'm going to go ahead and blow you away. When I tell you that feels good and you really knocked it out of the park, they raised $40,000 on that 118-mile walk, y'all. Come on, y'all. That feels pretty good. That accomplishes a bunch of wells over the next year. And it doesn't happen without you. And then they had the Wine to Water event combined. That's like $73,000 they raised to help provide clean water to people around the world, specifically in Honduras. But it really is amazing when you think about you, your generosity, your willingness to help. Uh, And this is part of the equation of why God has you on this planet. It really is a part of why you're still here. Ephesians say it like this. God made us brand new people so that we should spend our lives doing the good things he's already planned for us to do. Now think about this. When the world was being formed, God thought about you. He knew you'd be in this generation in this moment. And he said, I am going to put you on this planet to do some good things. And I am wanting you to spend your entire life doing these good things. Not just a moment, not just a little couple of you know sermons or a series, but it's like, no, man, what does your life reflect? The one thing that I have learned in my limited experience of working with people in the church and trying to do as much good as possible is that you cannot do it alone. That is why when we all come together and you put in a little bit of money, 10 here, 5 here, everybody kind of pulls their money together, puts their effort and their time when you're trying to make 80,000 meals, you can't do it by yourself. You'd be here all day. But boy, when we all come together, it's amazing what can be accomplished. Ephesians says it like this. All the parts of the body are joined together and they're held together and each part doing its own work. So if somebody's not doing their job, it makes it a little bit more difficult. But when we all do our part, it causes the whole body to grow. That is how you grow in your faith. That's how you grow in your walk. And you become stronger. This is the truth for all of us. If You're kind of on your own. You're kind of doing your own thing. Man, sometimes it just doesn't feel as good. You don't feel like you're fulfilling the purpose. You're not accomplishing what you need to accomplish. And many people in this community and around the world miss out because we just don't pull all of our resources and all our time together to accomplish something that only can be done when we do that combination thing, when we all come together. We need each other. You can't just walk through life going, I don't really need anybody. I'm going to be all right. Many people think that. But I promise you it is not true. You grow and you get strengthened when you walk together with other people in this world. Uh, A great example, when I say walk together, I just can't help but keep going back to that 118-mile journey over three days. They walked 50 miles, 40 miles, and then 28 miles consecutively. And many people don't really understand what that's all about. They've been doing it now for a couple of years And every time they learn things from it, there's new experiences, there's some amazing moments. So what I decided to do today is pull back and give you just a little recap, just about two minutes of what it looks like from the time they start until the time they get to the end and why they need each other and why they need us to help support them because you can't do it by yourself. Watch.
2: that it's almost over, my feet hurt,
3: my knee
4: hurts, but
3: we did
2: it.
4: I love this church. I just want to thank you for all the lives that you are changing. Every mile turned into money, and that turns into water. And you are changing lives. And we are eradicating the water crisis one village at a time. And that's how we do things around here, you, us, together. We're doing it.
0: Yes. All right, y'all, put your hands together one more time. Come on, y'all. Give them a little love. Cannot do it without each other. Here's the team. Got to pull a little team picture up here just so you kind of understand. Uh, that they had to lean on each other, had to depend on each other, because, man, you're walking that far. There's some high moments and there's some low moments, and everybody's trying to get through it because it is not easy. It's extremely difficult. Uh, there's a team that makes that happen. Uh, of course, I've got to include Pat McLean. He drove the RV just so you can understand where they went to the bathroom. Most of the time, everybody's asking, like, how do you go to the bathroom? You find a telephone pole or you wait for Pat in the RV, all right? But both of those things are true, but you got to be able to get through it. It just takes a team of people. He drove that whole way, sat on the side of the road, waited with them, and then Brittany, who she typically walks, but she had messed up her hip, uh, she was actually one of the escort cars. She drove the whole time. She's been a part of the original team. Her and Haley came up with the idea years ago and now continuing to... Raise money and awareness of people uh, needing water all around the world. And, of course, our Do Good reporter, Paul Reeser, he was out there with them as well, uh, making it happen. He's going to actually launch a Do Good channel coming up here uh, on YouTube, which is going to be kind of fun. This this story will be featured on there. But Paul is going to just do everything he can to share these stories with you because it's unbelievable Really, what happens uh, in this journey and how you need each other. And of course, I showed up one day with little Debbie Christmas cakes. That's all that matters, right? I made sure that they had what they needed to survive to get through because I wanted them to know how thankful I was, but also just to see it for myself. Watching them walk this long, long distance, how much they need each other and depend on each other is unbelievable. And it is interesting to me that when you read the Bible, it often refers to our spiritual walk. As a walk, our spiritual life as a walk, I should say. Uh, I've growing up, I remember people would say, "You know, how's your spiritual life? How's your walk with the Lord?" Well, if you look in Second Corinthians, these are some of the reasons why. For we walk by faith, not by sight. This terminology gets used a lot. Ephesians five, walk in love, over and over again. You have this phrase of that is, is this journey that we're on. And then Ephesians five two says, as I've just pointed out, make sure that you walk. In love, when I think about the love part of it, you have to love each other to hang out with each other that long. And I promise you, the love goes deeper because when you're in pain and the struggle is real and they are leaning on and depending on each other. And then Ephesians 5 continues on. This and note it says, so pay a close attention to how you walk. Not as unwise people, but as wise. This is really the part that really jumps out at me. Is when I start thinking about taking a 108-mile journey with your friends... Is it wise or is it unwise? The only way you can say it's wise is when it's not about you. As Brittany said in the video, it's to raise awareness. It's to raise raise money. And you have all of these people paying attention. And it draws attention to a serious problem that cannot be solved by themselves. It takes all of us. Now, I know what some of you say. You're like, I ain't never going to go on that walk. I understand that. I'm with you. I don't know that I could ever make it that far. Don't really know that I want to try to make it that far. But there are people that are going, well, I can tell you, I couldn't do it because I like walking alone. Many people that I talk to are like, man, I'm just, I don't know if I could stay with the group. I'd need to be out on my own. Well, there's a few lessons that I learned from this 118-mile walk. And number one, this is the write-down, it is safer to walk with other people than it is by yourself. Now you go, well, why do you say that, Justin? Well, Julie from Wisconsin, she was coming down here. They brought a couple people from up up north down here to walk with us. She kept saying she was worried about wildlife. She's like, is there anything going to run out of these woods and grab us? And I'm like, could be, maybe, you know, I don't know. But we hope not, but you're in a group. It'll be safer to be in a group. Now, if you don't believe that it's safe to be in a group, that you kind of want to go out there on your own, maybe this video will convince you groups are better than walking alone. Watch.
1: Good morning. Here they are, the man and his wife, whose day started with a friendly good morning to their neighbor and in a flash turned into a fight for their lives when they were attacked by a rabid bobcat. THE NATION WATCHED IN DISBELIEF AS THE BEAST ATTACKED Christy WADE RIGHT IN HER DRIVEWAY.
2: IT BIT DOWN ON MY LEFT HAND AND THEN WITHIN A FEW SECONDS IT JUST CRAWLED RIGHT UP MY BACK.
1: HER HUSBAND HAPPY, YEP THAT'S HIS NAME, JUMPED INTO ACTION. I JUST SAW ITS its HEAD AND ITS FACE WAS, it ITS MOUTH WAS OPEN AND IT WAS GOING AT HER NECK. I WAS JUST ABLE TO SHOVE MY HAND IN THERE and it, it bit me on my arm. Police in Burgon, North Carolina, just released this 911 call made by a neighbor. Uh,
5: my neighbor was attacked by a bobcat just
1: now. Happy had his hands full, literally. He's holding the bobcat over his head, and then comes that throw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I decided to swing it as far as I could. Then he ripped out his pistol and shot the bobcat in the shoulder. When police showed up, they put the animal down once and for all.
2: It's the scariest thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. And if I had been by myself that morning, I don't know quite what shape I would be in. My husband here saved my life.
0: My boy said, right? That's why Keith Sally's out there walking. He's packing his gun just in case a wild bobcat Julie comes out after you. What's crazy, seriously... Now you understand why I say it is better, it is safer to walk with a group. You heard the lady say at the end, she goes, my husband wouldn't have been there. I don't know what would have happened. Well, that's another reason they do take a group of people and have escort cars and RVs is because it's just better to have more people with you. The second reason is that it's also more supportive to walk with others. It's not just your safety. It's the fact that sometimes you need that encouraging word to say, hey, I'm with you, man. Don't give up. We're going to get through this. Keep walking. We can make it. And I ran across this African proverb that says it perfectly. When it says, if you want to get there quickly, go along. But if you want to go further, right, you got to have other people around you. you got to have the support of others to encourage you, to lift you up. you got to go together. That's why I'm so thankful. I'm learning from it. Man, I'm watching all this go on. I'm like, how are they pulling this off? Well, safety is in numbers. There's more support in numbers. And then the third thing is, it's just smarter to walk with other people. And you go, well, why? Well, because you don't know what someone else does know. Haley's done it before. Uh, Brandy has done it before. You know, Brittany's done it before. So their wisdom comes in to go, hey, man, you need this tape or make sure you wear these shoes or stretch here or do that. And in that process, there's things we learn. For example, how to tape your feet. This is the truth of how many blisters and how many sores came up as a result of this long walk. And when they got in the RV, they had equipment technology to help them. They had these, I don't even know what the contraptions are, but they massaged their legs. They kind of helped the blood flow go through. And I'm thinking, "Ah, that's the only way you could do it. And some of you are going, is it really necessary? Well, look at this ankle and you'll know why it's necessary. That's not normal. (laughs) Because your body, walking that many miles and that short a distance, you need to learn from someone that has done it before. It's just smarter to lean into the people that have experienced it. Proverbs tells us the same thing. Proverbs 28, 26. Those who trust their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. It's one of these ideas where you go, well, I know what I'm doing. I can get this like, don't trust in your own insight. It is better to walk in wisdom, to ask other people. Proverbs 11, 14, without guidance, people fall. But there is victory with many counselors. Now, I'd like to point out this last word right here. Some of you go, they need a counselor if they're walking 118 miles. Something ain't right with their brain. you got to remember, they're not doing it for them. They're doing it for others. But the reason I bring up this word, and I really would like to highlight victory as well, is in this world that we're in. You know, I know there are challenges, there are difficulties, much like they're on this long walk, and you have to have the support of others. You have to have someone there to counsel you through that, to encourage you through that. So at this point, I'd like to say, could you please put your hands together for anyone that has chosen to go into the field of counseling? Let them know that we're thankful for them. Come on, y'all. Thank you, Jesus, for counselors. Now let me point this out. When I was growing up in church, if someone was going through a difficult time, a challenging time, maybe a divorce, maybe it's anxiety, depression, people would say, you just need to pray about that. You need to go see the preacher. And I'm thankful for both of those things. And do not walk out of here and misrepresent what I'm saying. It is essential to pray. It is essential to get to church and even talk to a spiritual advisor. But listen to me and grab a hold of this. Listen to me. To get through what happens to you outside of these doors, it takes more than a prayer and a preacher. And that's a fact. Now, that might offend you. You may go, I don't know if that's really true or not. No, prayer is essential. A preacher, having someone to give you spiritual truth is essential. But what I would like to add to that, and we didn't hear this growing up in church, counselors are also essential. Proverbs 15, 22. You ready for this? Bible tells us plans go wrong because we have too few counselors. Because many counselors bring success. Now you go, is it really referring to counselors? Yes, it's talking about getting wisdom from someone outside of your world. When all you do is surround yourself with people that are exactly like you or that are exactly in the same situations, whether it's with your family or with your work, sometimes that can mess up your perspective. So you have to have someone from the outside to come in who has been trained, who is prepared, who has gone to school, that has tools and techniques and all of these different things Uh, resources are available for you so that you can get through what you're going through. Somebody say, well, I don't need an old counselor. I'm old school Justin. I just suck it up. Okay. Here's a scripture for you. Old school guy. Ecclesiastes 4.13. A young man who is poor and wise is better than an old foolish king who won't take advice any longer. Because the truth is old and foolish is what I should have underlined. Because sometimes it appears to me that in my 53 years on this planet, the older we get, the more hard headed we become, Key Sally. And we don't really listen to anybody else. And when I don't need to listen to anybody, I think I got it figured out. Well, the truth is, if you're going through a hard time and you're going through a difficult situation, it is best to take advice from someone other than yourself. So here's a news flash for you. Ready? Get some counseling. If you're in this room today and you're struggling, you're going through adversity, you're going through, you know, maybe even anxiety, you may be experiencing depression, especially through the holidays, you're going, man, I just don't know, something don't seem right. Maybe your marriage is struggling, maybe your career, you just don't know, talk to someone else. Get advice. Yes, you can call me. I'll be glad to sit down and talk with you, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not near as trained in the area of counseling as professional counselors are. I don't claim to be a counselor. I don't really know how to counsel the way professionals counsel. So we refer very often to people smarter and better than us. Now, you may be saying, well, why should I get counseling? I, just, I still don't understand. I just don't get it. And Here's why. It's because you deserve to be healthy. Now, let me explain this. Say it one more time you deserve to be I'm, I'm fine I'm not sick you know how you know you're sick go ask your family I'm good I don't need anything I'm it ain't me go ask all the people that are closest to you and you ask them if you really 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 want to know say hey man do you think I could benefit from some counseling do you think I need to talk to someone and they're going to look at you and go mm-hmm. now some of you are still like no I don't need to talk to nobody I'm good Well, I found a clip for you. It's one of my favorite clips of all time because this may remind you of yourself. I'm going to pull it all the way back and bring it in because I've showed it before. But this is the perfect example of someone going, I'm fine. I don't need anybody. Why am I here? Medea, teach us.
4: What is wrong with you? Why you Why are you so angry? First of all, ain't nothing wrong with me. Secondly, I'm not angry. Okay? I'm not angry. You seem angry right now. No, I'm not angry. This is how I am. I I don't have no hostility at all. Do you have to be in control all the time of everything? I don't have to be in control all the time. I ain't got no problem with that. Well, then why do you get so angry? I don't get angry. I keep trying to tell you and that that I do not get angry. If somebody do something to me, I do something to them. That's is common sense. Why do you feel the need that you got to get somebody all the time? It's like, get them, get them, get them. You don't think that's angry? If they got me, got me, got me, i got to get them, get them, get them. Yeah, that, that's what it is. Well, but, well, what you call getting got is a whole lot different than what other people call getting got. It doesn't take much to get you, does it? Well, when you get and got, and somebody done got you, and you go get them, when you get them, everybody's gonna get got. Yeah, but if you're getting somebody that you say got you when they didn't get you to begin with, then you're getting the gotters when they didn't do anything to you. Yeah, but if the gotters get me, I'm gonna get my Glock. Yeah, well, but you don't get the Glock when you hadn't been got. So what I'm trying to explain to you is I don't care who done got me, I'm gonna get them first. You get me, I'm gonna get you. Why is it so important? Okay. I'm tired of you asking me all these questions because I didn't sign up for this. This is the judge that told me to come here, okay? Everybody wants to get even. Everybody wants to get even. Let's just try another approach, Let's try another approach. All right. Do you sleep well at night? Do you sleep well at night? Let's try not to answer a question with a question. Could we do that? Could we at least do that? Yes, if we at least stop asking me all these questions, I won't have to answer a question with a question now, will I? Can you stop? Can you just stop? Can you just stop? Can you just stop? Okay, look. Are you getting
0: angry, doctor? <laughs> <laughs> if that's you, might want to talk to somebody. You're like, I ain't going to see Dr. Field. That's the problem. Don't make a judge order that you go talk to somebody. I don't know if you saw that in the clip. You remember that in the movie. She refused to get help. And the only way that the judge was going to help her was you're like, you got to go get some counseling. You got to get some help. Now, when I tell you, you deserve to be healthy. Let me explain a little bit deeper. Why I am so thankful that you're here today. Because you're, you need to hear this, I need to hear this, we all got to work through this. Let's look at this image. It's called the wellness wheel. Now when you start thinking about your life, there are a lot of different components to your life. So you start looking around, there's the physical side of things. That's why we go see a doctor. That's why I love my doctor. Dr. Ricky's taking care of me. If I'm getting sick, if I don't feel good, I go see the doctor. He takes care of my physical needs. We talk about the social side of you, and that's why you can have all kinds of activities. You can be in a life group. You can be in some kind of recreation group. You can be playing sports, but you got to find stuff. You have all of these different components that make up who we are. The spiritual components, why you're here today, I'm thankful for that. If you're watching online, it still counts. I'm thankful that you're watching and paying attention. Because all of these things, when they're healthy and when they're in balance, they work together to make you well. You're like, man, ah, the relational component. You can look at all these different things. The financial component. And God has an opinion about all of these things, by the way. Because our God is a systems God. This gets so overlooked and is not talked about. It wasn't talked about when I grew up at all. And I'm going to prove this to you. When I tell you our God is a system God, he creates things like the solar system. Everything is connected to each other. It has to all work in exact, exact harmony or it's chaos. We have no gravity. The world's over. It's done. But God has perfectly worked the system out to be exactly the way it's supposed to be. If you need more proof, there's what he has in the ecosystems. There's evidence everywhere that you look. Even every hunter in here will understand this. Why do you hunt? We have to keep it in balance. If we don't get things in balance, the next thing you know, then this animal takes over. For example, all the hunters. How's the pig population doing out there? You're like, oh my gosh, if they don't get this. Why? Because it messes up the system. They begin to mess everything up. So if everything doesn't work exactly as it's supposed to go, it becomes unhealthy. It begins out of whack and we begin to go, something's not quite right. Including even what God created in the human body. Look how many organ systems there are, circulatory, respiratory, digestive system. Any one of these systems get off, you have to go talk to somebody. You have to go to the doctor. And eventually, if you deny it and deny it and deny it, it's going to make you so sick, you will have to because it will force you to do that because they all work together. This is the same when it comes to your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit. So many times growing up in church, it's like, just pray through it. No, they all work together. That is why a counselor who is working with your emotions and your psychological state of mind helps you to become fully healthy and fully well. God is not against it. He is for it. That is why we pull together. We're not as safe as we are on our own. No, we're safer when we work with other people. We're smarter when we work with other people. We have more support when we have other people in our lives. There are no superheroes out there. There's no supermen or superwomen. Sometimes we look at the sports culture or we look at the celebrity culture or whatever, even the men in service. We go, oh man, those are our heroes. But the truth is, we're all human. And in our moments of being honest, then you begin to understand that we're not superhuman. Probably notice my shirt now because I usually wear something, my sweatshirt. It's this whole concept of ask for help, and it is a project by Dak Prescott. Halton boy, local, and yes, he's a Dallas Cowboy. Yes, I like him for that reason, but I'm going to tell you, it ain't got nothing really to do with the Dallas Cowboys. It has to do with Dak Prescott, the man, the young man. And every Sunday, you don't notice it necessarily unless you're a close fan or unless you've seen a story on it, but maybe you might notice it moving forward. He tapes his wrist up and he puts on there ask for his number help now you go well why does he put that on his wrist well i'm going to show you because as he tapes his wrist up and as he goes on the field it is a reminder not only for himself but also for the people that watch his friends some other athletes sometimes a fan in the stands someone watching on television because once again, there's no superheroes. You don't get a pass. You don't just put on you know, the pads and helmet and go, man, it doesn't affect me. Social media it doesn't affect me or my family, it doesn't affect me. I'm just good. I'm good. I'm good. When the truth is, we're not good. And when Dak Prescott lost his brother to suicide, it broke him. There's no $100 million going to solve that. There's no temperpedic sleep number bed going to make that better. You begin to start going, man, I don't know. Something ain't right. Even in his own story tells you when he went through the pandemic and COVID, he experienced anxiety and depression for the first time in his life because he was cut away from everybody. Nobody could gather. You couldn't see your friends. You couldn't see your family. And then to get the news on top of it that his brother took his own life? There's too much. You can watch stories online. You can see a whole lot more. I'm not going to play all those today, but I am going to play one little clip. Because what I realized in the midst of everything that's going on, this is why you're here today. This is why you walked in the message today. God put you watching this program or in this room because maybe this is for you. You can't walk alone. You can't do this alone. It's not smart. It's not safe. And you need the support. And if somebody like Dak Prescott can be open and honest about it, maybe we can learn from him. Even through his adversity and his struggle and his challenge. Watch
5: you get no credit um for not asking for help if if that makes sense um nobody's given points or pats on the back because you did something by yourself that's not life yeah the the ask for help on my wrist tape wasn't meant to go viral it wasn't meant to um be as big as it was but i'm blessed and i think it just allowed me to realize doing something as simple as that um the 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 extent that it can, it can go, and so many people in this world that, that can see that and create and gain some kind of hope from that is something that I'll never take for granted or to take lightly, this, this platform that I have, and I'm able to do that. that that's what it takes, it takes a community to, to, to defeat The mental illness um because we have to understand when those things come and when those trigger points are happening that create anxiety and depression and as i said being there for somebody else you can help them eliminate those trigger points and um yeah but but you can if we're not talking about it it's so important to take care of myself to make sure that i'm focusing on my mental health focusing on um being the real man and being genuine whether it's whether it's going through depression going through anxiety or being the happiest and the most outgoing that there is, I'm being me and I'm being genuine. And I know that it's so transparent and allows me to be the best leader that I can be because others say, he's not a machine, he's human. And I can be like him. I can grow, I can become stronger. I can go from the depths of my adversity to the peak of my strength.
0: The reason I bring him up is because I think many of you in here, many of you watching online can relate. This past year's been difficult for some of you. I can relate. I took on the chaplain role at the beginning of this year and you know, I've seen a lot in 30 years of ministry, but what I was really aware of is how trauma is affecting people. In the uniform, from military to first responders, to all of these people that we look up to and we admire, We begin to understand if you walk with them for a little while that pain is real, anxiety is real, depression is real, trauma is real. And there's no helmets or pads as I stated or no badge or uniform that will protect you or protect your emotions. There's been some pretty rough situations that I've seen officers openly weep on the job, break down. I've had phone calls where people have called and said, man, I don't know if I can continue to do this. I need your help right now. Well, I'm going, man, I thought they were going to be good or I thought they were in a better shape. But what I begin to realize is is there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of pain. And the reason I bring up counseling, the reason I bring up not walking alone, the reason I bring up all of these different aspects is because I want to draw your attention to maybe yourself or maybe to someone in your community or maybe a family member. I'm going to show you one other video. And the reason I show this to you is because it's not a local first responder, but it is someone from Seattle, Washington. And he was also in the military. And the reason I want you to see this is because in those fields, whether it's professional sports or whether it is someone in our community we respect, we try to go, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And finally, through moments like this, talking about it like this, openness to be able to share what's going on, there's beginning to be some healing because people are saying, man, I'm not okay, and I need some help. And how much better are we when we get to that place? And the one thing that we want people to know is you deserve to be healthy. I don't want you to have to walk through this struggling and not seeing your own value and your own self-worth. And maybe this video will help you get a little insight into the reality of what happens for many of our first responders and why today I'm asking for your help. Watch.
5: It's
3: that kind of job where we don't want to talk about when we're having a a tough time. We keep it in then we come into our job and we take on more of society's ills and we try and fix it. We've asked these young men and women to do sometimes incredible, amazing, unbelievable things that Hollywood makes movies about. Those big things take a toll on them. We owe it to them. We owe it to them to do everything we can to help them through these crises. I'm Mike Washington, Seattle Fire Department. I've been a firefighter for 29 years. So I joined the Marine Corps and after the Marine Corps I became a firefighter and I started seeing the things that we deal with in the fire service. and. In the meantime, I'm still in the Marine Corps Reserve and I'm going to Desert Storm, I'm going to Bosnia, Iraq, Afghanistan, Africa, and I'm seeing things there. But I don't talk about them because if you don't talk about it in the fire service, you don't talk about it in the Marine Corps either. It's that culture, right? That culture that we all wanted to be a part of. When, before I even joined the Marine Corps, I had a litany of things. But what we do, we just put that away. It's just especially at that time, I'm 55 years old. And at that time, you just, okay, we don't talk about it. We're just gonna move on with our lives. And there's something to be said for moving on with your life, but you need help doing it. And then for me, the road to the idea of suicide, the serious road where I am on a bridge, was on June 14th, 2008. I was notified that my son was killed in action in Afghanistan. And I was at fire station 16 at the time. And the, the white suburban pulled up and that uh, marine officer came up and notified me that your son has been killed in action. And if there was a, the PTSD issues that I was already dealing with kind of accelerated you know, as you can imagine. And things just got harder and harder, and uh, and you know my my drinking increased. You know my marriage was failing, and these are all things that I I think I had control over if I if I would have sought the help at the time, if I felt comfortable enough to reach out to somebody. And sometimes that's just your own thing, you know. And, and part of what we want to do here in the uh, as a peer support representative is make it okay to reach out. And, and I'm in I'm in this in that world, and I didn't feel like I could do it. And so my world was spiraling out of control, and that put me on, literally, on the bridge. That put me on a motorcycle going through an intersection with my eyes closed, just seeing what's going to happen on the other end. Um, And then eventually that seeps over into your professional life. You might be able to think you're holding it together, but then you're going to get to that call, that one call that's going to say, you need some help, and you need it now.
0: The reason I bring it up is because I'd probably say over a month span, I have a, about three or four calls that I take from different people from different departments asking for help. They got a connection to me somehow through the chaplain or through a friendship, and they'll call and say, hey, man, I'm not doing good today. Some of them 30-year veterans like this guy. Some of them brand new. Some of the calls we go and we experience it together, so then I see it, and so we try to refer them to counseling and try to get them some help. And the reason I bring all of this up, there's no protection behind a badge, a uniform, a helmet, and pads. There's no protection for any of us. We're all at risk. And so what I'm asking is if you don't want counseling, and maybe you're at a place where you're finally willing to do that, call us so that we can refer you, so we can help you. But here's my real question is will you help us pay for someone else's counseling? It costs us about $100 a visit. Some of you go, man, that sounds high. But really, is it when it could save someone's life, when it can save someone's marriage, when it can save someone's family, when you go, hey, we're willing to do that, we're willing to absorb that cost, we're willing to take it on, and whether you pay or not, guess what, we're going to continue to do it. But what we hope is, is if we've ever paid for your counsel, if we've ever helped you in any way, and you go, man, I'm thankful for the Simple Church, and here's an opportunity for me to give, and this goes right into our community, right into our families, It's not a world crisis that we're trying to solve. It's right here in our own community. Because we pay for whoever calls. It doesn't matter. Not just first responders. If you're going through marriage trouble, I want to meet with you. But like I said, I'm not professional. But I'm going to refer you to some of the best counselors we know. We have a long list. and It's kind of like anything else. If you don't find one you like, try another one. Because you are worth it. You deserve to be healthy. As I was talking about all this this past week, as I'm walking with the 118-mile group, understanding the difficulty and the struggles we're walking through all that, uh, Haley, Bo's wife, has been one of the people who started that walk. And Bo tells me, I'm going, hey, this is kind of what I'm doing this week. He goes, man, put me on camera for just a couple of seconds. And I said, well, why? He goes, I have something I want to say about counseling and what it did for me. So it's not just first responder. It may be your friends. It may be you that sound a little something like this. Watch.
3: Yeah, five or six years ago, uh, me and my wife were not in a good place and uh, I did not want to go to counseling. Uh, And the church stepped in and offered us some free counseling, just a few sessions, and it completely saved my marriage. That's when Haley and I learned the tools to communicate with one another. Uh, Because we could communicate with each other, we learned how to grow together. Uh, And if you're thinking about counseling, Man, I'm just going to tell you, man, you don't have anything to lose. I didn't want to go, and I am so glad that I made the decision to check it out. It uh, saved my marriage.
0: Come on, y'all, give it up for him being willing to step out there. You heard what he said, though. The church stepped in and offered free counseling because we know that money sometimes is the obstacle. So if you're in a place where you can pay or you're willing to do $5 or $10, all of that money is going to go right back into helping people in this community, in this church. To get the counseling they need because we know the holidays are tough. Man, you just left your family, and sometimes your family didn't even get together. You don't want to talk to them, and they're not ready, and I can't do this. And you're like, How long are we going to keep doing it? Because the holidays are just a snippet of your life because the truth is, life is even tougher than just one time of the year or one holiday. And it doesn't fix itself. So as you continue to work on your health, it helps you with the unhealth of others, it helps you to understand how to be healthy in the relationships you have. And whether we like it or not, all of that we experience, all that trauma that we've had, it does affect us and it can still affect the relationships we're in. So why wouldn't we ask for help? Why wouldn't we get some counseling? This is why I'm thankful that you come to church. This is part of it. If you don't come to church, you don't hear the message. You may not even be encouraged. You may not even have another conversation about it. But Mal, maybe you might have a conversation. I tell you to get into a group. Hey, man, get into a life group. Why? Because, hey, they're not perfect. You're not going to find a life group that's perfect anywhere. You're not going to find a church that's perfect anywhere. But you got to get in there because there are certain things that challenge you. You get more support. You get things that you learn from. You go, okay, yeah, sure, there's going to be some downside. Man, they didn't do this. I didn't get that right. But the other side, aren't there some upsides? Isn't it worth it to go, man, I need those relationships, those friendships? Now the Bible says it is, Ecclesiastes says an enemy might be able to defeat one person, but two people can stand back to back and defend each other. Remember that old bobcat, son? You need that back to back person. But then he says, hey, a people that have three people in their lives, relationships where you have another, man, it's almost impossible to break. So why is it important? More, Add more people, you're stronger together. If you really want to know how to overcome this defeated mindset, this defeat that we experience in this world we live in, you have to get into community. It is truly God's answer to defeat. If if the enemy's kicking your tail, he's kicking something going on in your life, man, you go, you know what, i got to find some other people to put in my life to help lift me up. Ecclesiastes says it best. If one person falls the other person can reach and help them up, man, if you fall down, but what happens when there's no one there? What happens, man, if there's no one there to help you? This is why the church, life groups, getting in counseling, all of these things help you as you're in this journey. It's real easy to get defeated during the holidays. If we're honest, many of you are struggling even now. I'm so thankful you're watching. I'm thankful you're in the room. But let's be honest. Now it's it's time for you to take the next step. God's answer is available right now. And you go, well, how, Justin? Get into a life group. Start serving somewhere. Continue to come to church. Don't just watch online. If you can, at all possible, get out and come down. Why? Because you encourage us and maybe we can encourage you. That's why I am thankful that when you come into the room, because there's hugs here, there's encouragement here, there's like, man, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for coming. And there's free donuts occasionally. Doesn't help your waistline, but it might help your mind. All right? We're a long way from a perfect church. But remember this, if you find one, don't join it, because I promise you, you're going to mess it up. All right? So just don't join that one. But what I'd like to show you is this. I am thankful for a church that does our very best to help people. That's why I love you. That's why I love when I ask you to do Operation Christmas Child or water wells or feed people, you step up. And there's so many people behind the scenes that you don't see. And we pulled one of these stories just to remind you of the importance of being in a group, of having support. It's a widow right here in our church. And when you hear this story, I hope you'd understand the value of why being in a life group, being a part of a group, finding a way to solve a problem, being able to give something why it can really change someone's life and put a smile on your face at the same time. Watch. Hey,
2: Simple Church, this is Cheryl Bolton. Cheryl and her husband, James, served in Simple Kids since they partnered at the Simple Church over 10 years ago. Cheryl serves on the Simple Kids check-in team. She's always consistent and never misses a chance to serve on Sundays. She loves to help kids and families check in and feel welcome here at church. When Tracy, our check-in coordinator, noticed she was missing a few weeks, she checked in on her. So I've been working with Miss Cheryl for about a year, volunteering, Um, she's a staple up here. We have enjoyed her and we have missed her while she's not able to be here. Um, She has the best smile and she's so sweet to everybody that comes up. She loves greeting the children and she's just so reliable. Well, when we found that out, we had to see what she meant. So we went to visit Cheryl and found out that she was going through some hard time and she had to sell her car. When we visited, she told us that what she missed the most about not having a car was not being able to make it to church every week and not serving in Simple Kids. She was watching online, but she missed the connection with her church family. When we heard that, we knew we had to do something. So we contacted John's life group and told them we needed a car.
0: A very generous family uh, gave us this little Chevy Blazer behind me. It was their dad's vehicle. He got to the age where he couldn't drive anymore, and they thought of the simple church. Then the vehicle did need a little bit of work, so we're out here at Nobody Customs in Keithville, Louisiana. I'm going to introduce you to Joe Williams, the owner of the company, and he's going to explain why he got involved in the project. So let's meet Joe Williams. Well, um, we want to help, <laughs> and obviously, uh, this literally is in our wheelhouse. To yeah, no guys. pun intended. Yeah, right? That's right. And uh, you know, we wanna do good. And uh, that's the whole uh, thing with Simple Church and Simple Church has been great to us. And uh, God has been good to us as well. We've been very blessed. And so we wanna pay it forward and uh, do something to help bless others as well.
2: Okay, so we decided to surprise Cheryl and her life group this past week elizabeth is her life group leader and she serves with her in simple kids also she's been picking her up since she hasn't had a car i've known cheryl and worked with cheryl in the children's ministry for many years Um, she and her husband were both very active in the simple kids ministry and she's continued that even now while we've been at the convention center and to not have her at my side i just haven't liked it but things were just about to change for cheryl Cheryl was just enjoying a potluck Thanksgiving dinner with her life group friends when we called them all outside to surprise her with the car.
0: Look, um, somebody's parked out in the middle of the parking lot. I was wondering if y'all could come out here and tell me whose car it is, because I need to get in. So tonight,
2: we want to try to help meet a need. Miss Cheryl has been without a car for a little bit, has no transportation, but tonight that story changes. And then now she can get to church, serving simple kids, and not miss another life group. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) This is a blessing. (coughs) This is what it's all about, y'all. Solving problems, loving God, loving people, meeting needs. That's right. Solving problems. Thank you, Simple Church, for all you do. Church family, we need each other. We can't make it through all of the hard times we face in life without each other. Don't do it by yourself. I'm so thankful for the Simple Church and how it's designed with life groups and service opportunities for you to get connected and be a part of a small group family. You know, we say it all the time, but what I love most about our church is that we actually do it. We are here for each other, and as you can see, we are better together. This need was met because many people work together to solve this problem.
0: Hey, it really is pretty awesome, man. I got to get you out of here, but think about this. cannot solve these problems by ourselves got to have a team, man. You got to have people that are willing to get in there. She's serving on this team. You have her life group team, my brother's team's putting all this stuff together. If one part of the body suffers, then all the other parts suffer with it. Or if one part is honored, then all the other parts share in the honor. This is literally what it's all about. It's a team effort. It's not about just forgetting what's going on. So I have to tell you, thank you for giving. I am not forgetting. You have given your time. You have given your money. You've given cars. If you have a car you still want to give, give it. Before the end of the year, we'll find somebody to give it to that needs it. We'll repair it, fix it, and put it out there. But this is why. Because just be sure that you live as God's people in a way that honors the good news of Christ. And when we hear about these things, I love what he says there. Paul's like, I'll hear of these good things about you then I will know that you stand together, that we're not separate, that we have the same purpose, that you work together like a team to help others. That is why we are here. That is why you are here. Thank you. So if you can give, if you can help, we would be honored if you would. One last video before we get out of here. Out at the Do Good store out front, we've given you so many opportunities. Out of your gratitude, you'd be willing to give. Maybe you're decorating your Christmas tree. You're getting ready to put all that up because Thanksgiving's over. There's one more way you can do it, and it's a simple, simple way by buying a simple Christmas ornament and then we'll be out of here. Watch.
6: At Ornaments for Orphans, we know the world is changing rapidly, growing, yet it feels smaller at the same time. The orphan crisis is growing too. Of the 7 billion people in the world today, it is estimated that there are over 153 million orphans. Many things contribute to the orphan population. The majority of the world's orphans live in areas crippled by poverty. Poverty is lack of opportunity, education, work, income, hope. Without opportunity, the orphan crisis will continue. That's why Ornaments for Orphans exists. We combat the global orphan crisis by empowering artisans and local communities and by giving opportunity to poor families and vulnerable children. Ornaments for Orphans sells handmade, fair-trade Christmas ornaments, items crafted by artisans in impoverished areas. Hard-working men and women are paid fairly for these goods, earning incomes that improve their standard of living, allowing them to keep their dignity, and giving them hope and peace. Consider Catherine from Kampala, Uganda. When Cathy creates a product, Ornaments for Orphans pays her fairly for her work, and she is able to buy food for her family. She makes rent on her home, she pays for her children's education, and purchases medicine and other necessities. All this time, she stays out of poverty, and her family and dignity are preserved and strengthened. Ornaments for Orphans also gives back to educate and help orphans and vulnerable children in the same communities where artisans like Kathy live. Do something special this Christmas buy an ornament, bless a child.
0: put those hands together listen from widows to orphans to counseling we all can do something I thank you for what you've done and just seize this opportunity now if you'd like to make a donation to help us do it if you want to buy an ornament pick it up on your way out father I love you I thank you that I get to be a part of what's going on man I thank you that you gave to us that we're getting ready to go into that season where we think about and celebrate the fact that you came to this earth for us you gave your life and you called us to do the same we're on this planet To love each other the way that you loved us, that's sacrificial. So God, thank you for all of those that have helped us. Thank you for what you've done over this past month. And I can't wait to see what we do in the future, God. If there's someone here that's never given their life, I pray they would. Jesus, come into my life, change me. I need a fresh start today. I need a new beginning. And you promised to meet them right there, Jesus. And then as they follow you, as they are on this walk, let them know they do not walk alone, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.